shut up, you listen to my monkey mouth. As a companion, when you got pun on the canoe route, hopped in a portal and got in a fight. Elias knocked him out. Bow, Marco fighting style. Bow, you'll see he tapped out. Bow, we win, we get crowned. Monkey mouth, monkey mouth, monkey mouth, monkey mouth. Alrighty, everybody, welcome back to the Ones Who Woke Up podcast. This is Joshua, as always, and today I've got with me... Tai Nguyen. And why don't... So this is going to be everybody's who's watching my podcast's probable first time being exposed to you. So why don't you take a moment to let everybody uh, who's watching understand who you are, what you have going on, where they can support you in the real world and online. Um, so my name is Tai Nguyen, and I'm a stand-up comedian. I've been doing it for seven years now. And I'm known for a rap song called Flugerville Anthem. And I'm recording my comedy album on December 9th and 10th at my house. So find that on my Instagram. I love it, bro. I love that you've taken control of everything and put together your own space. Yeah. So that you can do your stand-up and stuff. Yeah. So you said you're doing it out of your house. Yes. And so please forgive me because I live under a rock yeah so i don't really know anything about you so please explain to me uh what you have going on with the with the stage at your house like i'm a three-year-old right like like i have no idea what's going on uh you have no idea what's going on when you walk into my house it's like you're walking into a comedy club saw the night a turn off that's professional nighting hitting a stage with like great drape and like wooden panel floor and uh just a really nice experience that make you feel like you're at a comedy club but it's at a house outstanding dude that's neato yeah and so uh where is this at it's like not, in Flugerville. Flugerville anthem i probably could have guessed that yeah and uh we were speaking earlier about uh you're originally from vietnam yeah and you you came to the states when you're about five and you basically immediately came to austin yeah and you've been in and around austin your entire life since then correct yeah gang gang bro i consider I you that's that's true local i know uh, that's like what 25 years 26 years yeah. i feel like i was there before mopac had like a purpose you know yeah yeah <laughs> yeah back then yeah. mopac is like you take it and like why am i taking this there's nothing here and it's not even a gas station oh before before <laughs> the domain even existed yeah before the domain was a thing yeah, before a lot of things were a thing. I stayed I stayed at the domain as it was becoming the domain. Oh, just at an apartment? Uh, in a quadplex, mm-hmm. about a half mile up the road. Yeah. Shout out Alpheus gang. God, the trap. The trap. <laughs> oh my God, bro. So many crazy memories at that. Uh, my cousin Jeremiah and I, and actually shout out Clifton, my boy Clifton Goins, posted up podcast. Um all stayed together while we were working at Create-A-Sig. Shout out Justin Surf. Um, and we just had a blast. We were living in Austin. It was cheap. I think it was literally some of the cheapest per square footage that you could find in the city. Yeah. And it was a trap house, bro. It was wild times. Mm-hmm. Wild times in Austin being a crazy young man. I bet, considering you were in a trap house. Well, it it would it could have been respectable. Okay. I ran it as a trap because I'm a piece oh. of shit. I was never in a trap house. All my house had AC. Oh, my house had AC. We were just oh, yeah. trap. We were just trapping in there, bro. Oh, okay. It, it it was grimy. It was it was grimy. Yeah, you, you have AC and it was still grimy. Yeah. Oh yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, well, maybe you one guys of the, have poster of like maybe one of, on maybe wall. one of these days I'll drive you by. <laughs> just, yeah. I mean, we could just take you through the neighborhood, uh, and you would understand what I'm talking about. You would see the grime. It's like, oh, this uh, is this is grimy. I this is where activities go down. Exactly. It's exactly. Where people lose their sanity. Yeah, exactly. People take ten hits of LSD in their bedrooms and never come back right again. Wow. That's what happened to me. You took a lot of LSD. Yeah, ten hits. Then one evening, five hits, and then five hits. And then what happened? <laughs> I uh, I had my heart weighed against the feather of truth in the hall of Anubis in front of every god that's ever existed. Oh, jeez, just testing your purity or what? Yeah. yeah. Oh but, wow. Yeah, it's exactly. I went through the. I went through. So at the time I was like 500 pounds. Yeah. And I had convinced myself that I had gotten so high that I had gotten ecstatic and had a heart attack and died in my bedroom. Yeah. And so I went through the full, oh shit, I just died, what's left experience. And uh, yeah, it was really, really neato. I, I think it's uh, one of the most important experiences of my entire life, right up there with like being born, my son being born, and my, my big LSD trip that I had. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's definitely a neato <coughs> experience to go through. I highly recommend it. Um, one of the big things is doing it in silent darkness. Yeah. Uh, you know, whenever the psychedelic experience starts getting overwhelming, yeah. Right, people tend to open their eyes and try to orient themselves with things in their space that they're familiar with. Yeah. Right, and when you're in silent darkness, yeah, you're incapable of doing that. Yeah. Because it's just fucking dark yeah. right so you open your eyes to try and escape the psychedelic confrontation that you're having and guess what yeah nothing changes when you open your eyes because it's just as pitch black empty black canvas for the psychedelic to emerge from as the back of your eyelids oh nice yeah then i just meditated in a lotus pose the entire time which I, I i wound up like laying back i stacked up a bunch of pillows and like laid back after a while mm. and uh was a really really beautiful experience um profoundly important yeah. uh there were so many nuggets of profound truth that i drug out of that experience that i've taken years to figure out how to translate like the having my heart weighed against the feather of truth in the hall of anubis yeah that's not something that like speaking it that way isn't something that I knew how to do the next day. Yeah. I had to do a lot of reading and piecing together other people's experiences and re referencing psychedelic experience from the past and, uh, and referencing a lot of theological writings and ideas and did a lot of, did a lot of searching buddy to find the right words to clearly articulate to my mind what happened. Yeah. Yeah. So, you were saying that you've done some psychedelics before. Anything like that ever gone down for you? you ever take just way too much, like an asshole? Yeah. Um, How'd that go? I want to hear all about it. Yeah, this one time, uh, I took a. I was with my nail butter, and uh, I bought some like some shroom, some chocolate shroom. Like, like just a, a a mushroom infused chocolate. Yeah, but a lot of bars. So me and my nail butter took it. We went. We saw like a film. I think it's called like. It's a movie about Matt Damon, but he's like a, like a tiny, really small person, almost like a, like a microscopic size, like Indian in the closet size. Yeah, around there, 
Well, yeah, uh, downsize. downsize, yeah, you saw it? It's kind of yeah, boring. Yeah. Bits and pieces, I've seen it. Yeah, it's kind of boring. Never seen it. Yeah. Um, yeah, we saw the whole movie, we thought it didn't kick then, so we took more. And then, uh, That's what happened to me. Yeah, and That's when, exactly what and happened when to me. we were driving. That's why I took five and five. And then we were driving to like a bar downtown, Buzz Mill. But the drive seemed to like take forever. It's like we're stuck in a loop. So we, we are on a trip, but it wasn't like seeing stuff, but it's a psychedelic trip of being on the highway forever. Yeah, you had a you had a fractal experience on the highway, driving through the same time loop. Yeah, it felt like uh, a long time and just like the same area. It's kind of weird. So, how many mushrooms did you wind up taking, you think, in total? I have no idea because I don't know the, how much of it in measurement, but apparently it's a lot. Apparently. Because I thought it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> and we also had some LSD, and without the LSD, it didn't work either. Was this on the same trip, or was yeah this the another? same trip? Yeah, and y'all took LSD and mushrooms at the same time. Yeah, but I don't think we took many LSD. It's like, like a hit or two each or something. Yeah, he have it. He drop it on like a sweet tart, so we just yeah. That's how I do it too, man. Yeah. Sweet, sweet tarts will shock your ass. Yeah, so yeah, it hit, and then uh, after what we end up at Walmart, and we just noticed how like. On the DVD, like you look at DVD, all the characters like moving on the cover. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. It's a. It definitely makes appreciating art easier. Right? Yeah. I really want to do it and go to an art museum. Yeah. I would love to go. It's fun out in nature. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you can just lay down on the grass and it'll feel good. Yeah. Fuck yeah, yeah bro. You don't need much stimulation. Like sitting some sitting some shallow water that's running. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like a creek. Yeah. Go sit in the creek, stack some rocks. Yeah. Do some toddler shit. Yeah. It's going to be perfect. Yeah. There's something good. There's something fun about being outside. Uh, when you're, first off, there's just really good vibes in the woods. Yeah. You know, period. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. That's where we're, that's where we're supposed to be. I feel like our brains are better suited for cracking reindeer skulls with rocks than it is for podcasting. Yeah. So I feel like being out in that environment. I mean, is, that might be the future: home built and like woods and stuff. You know. I think I find a way to fuse it. I definitely think that as we evolve yeah. our technology and our architecture and our lifestyles will become more harmonious and in tune with the, the cycles planet. of nature. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I just think that. I think that one of the most noble goals that technology can pursue is planetary har- harmony. Yeah. Right. And so if your if your technology is planetarily harmonious, you're fucking killing it. Yeah. We're not there yet, but we're we're working towards it. There's some there's some big big profitable greedy people who are standing in the way of some stuff like that, but they'll they'll die off eventually, you know. Yeah. Or we'll guillotine 2024. One of the two. We'll figure something out. We'll yeah. find a way. Life finds a way. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, we crawled out of the mud, homie. We crawled out of the fucking mud. I know. And now <laughs> we made everything a big deal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, that's what happens whenever you're working your way up the hierarchy of human actualization, right? Yeah. Um, no one here is uh, 
worried about how they're going to get their nutrition for the day, really. You know? Yeah. No one here is really worried about where they're going to get their clean water. You know, you're not going to, you're not in imminent threat of dying from malaria. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's everything's pretty comfortable. And so when you get to that point, your base level needs are taken care of, but we're still, I believe that we're all programmed to operate with a particular amount of anxiety, right? Like fear and anxiety keep us safe naturally, right? Like you don't go where bears are. Yeah. You know, that's how you fucking stay alive. And so yeah. that that same mechanism is being utilized to get us through these higher end uh, bits of the human actualization process. And it's a little bit too heavy handed of a bit of instrumentation, I feel like. Like, I don't think that fear needs to be what's guiding you through society whenever you can get enough sugar from a soda machine to give yourself type 2 diabetes like you can think beyond conflict at that point and so uh, we're just in the process of waking up right now and that's why i'm doing this podcast so that we can all have frank conversations this is going to live on for forever this is this is on the internet now unless someone yeah. comes along and pulls the mega plug on the internet, internet. which isn't going to happen there's two there it's 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 in too many people's benefit for it to go away, right? Like the people yeah. who run the planet mm -hmm. have hooked their profit mills into the internet. So they're never going to let it go away. It's too easy yeah. of money predicting where we're going to spend our money and profiting off connecting that. Oh yeah. They find out through social media. They know what we social. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, the social media platforms. show us the ads. Yeah, well, they yeah. have good data. Yeah, they, they know what data, we're searching. Yeah. They know what we're into. Yeah, I've seen where some of these. If I know more about me than I do myself, they probably have more clearly identified key performance indicators surrounding your activity within the capitalist system to make determinations about where you're going to spend your money. Yeah. Right, like they probably know where you're going to spend your money in six months better than you do, but they'll never know you better than you know you. They just they just know your tendencies in terms of how you spend your money and where you put your eyes on your cell phone. Yeah, and they can they can take that data and do algebra to it. You know, they do they do business calculus with these little bits of data that they find and and calculate to a pretty goddamn high degree where yeah. we're going to be and what we're going to be doing. I think they have AI that does all that stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, they, they absolutely have... Um, like an algorithm. Exactly. They. Yeah. You have to understand that at the end of the day, AI isn't that scary, man. AI is really just... Depending on what you use them for. Well, it's just... A, all it is is a logic calculator, bro. Yeah. All it is is a logic cruncher. If yeah. this, then that. Yeah. If this is necessarily the case, then this necessarily must happen. Like, it's literally that simple. And we're just... The problem is that the machines are so capable of performing calculations rapidly yeah. that they can work through magnificently large truth tables to arrive at conclusions faster than people. Yeah. Right. But like the tools that the machines use to determine right and wrong and yes and no in these situations uh -huh. are tools that we equip them with. They're human tools being yeah. wielded by software. Yeah. And so, uh, all it is is that they are more able to run these calculations faster than us. But this, but we could run the same truth table with a trillion bits of information the same way a computer does. It would just take us lifetimes to calculate. Yeah. You know, and so that's the big thing is that they can just snip, snap, 
give us high-end conclusions based on top-end data. It's nice. Yeah. It's really, really beneficial. It's really, really beneficial. I'm here for artificial intelligence, especially when it's being managed properly. As long as it's always got a doomsday unplug button, I'm cool, right? Like, as long as the AI doesn't get to the point where it's producing its own robots yeah. to put a buffer between it and the people that would unplug it, then we're good. Yeah. You know, as long as it isn't protecting itself uh, with robots to keep us from unplugging it, I think that we can pretty effectively manage that shit and get some really... I mean, we already are effectively managing it and getting some really, really cool benefits societally from it. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely in cars. In cars? Yeah, AI. What do they do? I'm, I'm unfamiliar. What are they doing in, with AI in cars? Like, they help park it and drive it and stuff. Wow. Neat. Yeah. They was testing that out in certain highway, self-driving cars. Hell yeah, that's dope. Well, so that's I didn't realize cool. that they had artificial intelligence helping that self-driving car situation. That's neato. I mean, it, it makes sense. Uh, it's all gonna. It's all gonna get tied in together the interconnectivity of things you know yeah i think an of delivery is gonna be done by ai like oh. deliveries like food deliveries well i mean how is artificial intelligence gonna make a delivery like is like a like, robot yeah oh, okay so okay so yeah. we're so we're gonna have automated distribution yeah that's managed by ai yeah that makes sense yeah yeah why wouldn't we? Yeah. I mean, the point of technology is to reduce cost and labor. Yeah. You know, bottom line. Like, the first time we ever made a pulley yeah. was to lift something big like, we didn't you want have to. have AI that work for you forever. Just nobody trying to steal it. <laughs> well, everybody's going to try and steal trying it. Trying to steal it. They have a, a function to fight back with somebody trying to steal it. <laughs> That's when Skynet happens, right then. Yeah. That's the moment That'd that Skynet funny. happens. I'm here for it. Uh, one of my one of my favorite philosopher types was Terrence McKenna. Are you familiar with Terrence McKenna? Yeah, I heard all of his speeches on YouTube. So, have you ever heard him say that uh, he feels like it's highly probable that we're simply the reproductive organs of the t of the machine world? No. Yeah, that's one of the, that's an idea that he's that he's popped out a bunch, and I, I think that's fun, yeah. right? In quite the same way as. A mushroom sticking out of the ground is the reproductive organ of fungi that is a big network of fungi under the ground. We could be fifth dimensionally uh, the things that pop up to help re to help produce more technology. Oh, nice! Right, and we've done a super effective job at that so far. Yeah, I think it'd be neat if one day the whole planet was just a ball of chrome. Ball of what? Chrome. Chrome. Yeah. Oh. Like we just completely take control of everything that happens here. Yeah. I can see that happening. I don't see why we couldn't develop apparatuses that make it so where we could completely control the entire habitat in this environment. Yeah. Is that a scary idea to you? No. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Have you uh have you ever seen a uh, heavy metal back in the day? Uh I think I saw heavy metal two thousand. Okay, so there was one before that where yeah. these aliens went to a planet and it was basically a big ball of chrome. Like, it had been built out to the point where there w every square inch of it was industrialized. Yeah. And, yeah, I could see that happening here, you know, for sure. Yeah. Somewhere between, just make it nice, you know? Like, yeah. we, we know how to make things pretty. Make yeah. it aesthetically pleasing. Make it to where it gives us dopamine. Yeah. 
At the end of the day, all we want is the feel-good chemicals. It's fine. Let's do it. Let's rock and roll. Yeah. What is that movie? The uh, the Lorax. Have you seen the Lorax? No. Oh man, it's a Disney movie, right? It's a. I think I don't know. A three D movie. I think it's like Pixar, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know how to differentiate between all those. I think big that's Doctor Seuss. Uh, it is definitely a Doctor Seuss story. Yeah. So does so does that mean it's owned by Disney? Is that what that means? I think no. I think Pixar made it. Maybe is this is. It's, it's, I don't know. It's one of those five big production studios that does the 3D animation. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's really good. Really and, good. and it's like a, a microcosm of what I'm talking about. Yeah. They have Sneedville, and it's basically Planet Pun, except it's a city. Yeah. And they like look underneath, and it's all dog shit. Like oh. They're selling each other bottled air because <laughs> the planet's so fucking contaminated that you can't even breathe air <laughs> no more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Exactly. It's exactly what's going on. That's so funny. You can feel good because you're finally breathing some good air. Yeah. What's well, so, some area of Asia. It's fine like that. Uh, I also saw where there's a small country in Eastern Asia that's actually the only carbon positive country in the entire planet. What does that mean? It means that basically their their carbon footprint is negative. Like that, like so that, negative. Yeah, like that that country. If you were to measure the amount of carbon they're emitting, yeah. they're producing more oxygen than they're producing carbon because oh. of the tree, like the number of trees and the lack of industry and um, shit like that. Yeah, which is neat. I'm here for that. I like we were talking about earlier going to walk in the woods. Yeah, I'd love that. Yeah, I. Uh, do you have any places that you really want to go travel to? Uh places on your hit list if you want to hit japan that'd be fun yeah i'm an anime dork and that's about it that's the only <laughs> place on your so so what, what what would you what would you want to do if you were to go to japan like when you when you see yourself going to japan what do you see yourself doing um honey the dairy when they have like all the great food yeah. Yeah. I feel like all the anime parts would be too overwhelming. Yeah. With, like crazy stories and stuff. It's like. Yeah. But I like to take a walk and like the bridge and stuff. It's incredibly beautiful over there. Oh, you been there? No, I've only seen plenty. Of, I've just seen lots of photos, right? Like there's yeah. the colors of the foliage that they get, like the 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 pink cherry blossoms and yeah. Uh, I feel all... like it's a place of many different types of scenery. So right. So I think like if I go to Japan, I'll travel around the whole country to experience like all the different contrasts. And it's small enough to be yeah. able to move around like that. Yeah, and it's next to the ocean, so that's a lot of like great sight to see. Yeah. Yeah. It's also uh, a su- they're called a suicide forest. It's a huge forest. Yeah, I've, I've heard about that. People go there to die because there's like no direction. <laughs> so people just go there, get lost until they die. Have you? Uh, but they they starve on purpose though. I've a uh, I'm only familiar with the suicide forest because of Jake Paul. Oh yeah, you familiar I heard with Jake he Paul? Went, yeah, he went there. He made fun of a, a dead person. I don't know anything about that. I just know that he. I know that at one point he made a video of himself walking through there, and there was a. He wound up showing somebody like hanging, and it was like a big fucking deal. And yeah. I only I only know that because I'm a big mixed martial arts fan, like yeah. a big big mixed martial arts fan. I actually run a uh, a podcast called Armchair Mixed Martial Arts, where I review and preview all the numbered UFC events. Nice. And 
I mean, if you're familiar, Jake has kind of transitioned into doing fighting now. He just yeah, he fought Floyd Mayweather. <coughs> uh, is that, that is, is that Jake or Logan? I think Logan Paul fought. Maybe, yeah. I think I think way. Logan Paul fought Floyd, and Jake is the one who's kind of the more serious boxer. Who uh, oh, really? is so maybe it was, so maybe it was Logan Paul who made the video of the Suicide Forest. I don't know. Maybe yeah. they're both dumbass know. blonde dorks from like fucking Ohio. The same person in my mind, so whatever. Yeah, Honto difference. But so I'm I'm peripherally familiar with the Suicide Forest through my exposure to the Paul brothers through my fanship of mixed martial arts. Yeah. So that's how that like chain of causality gets there. I, I like kind of know about it. I'd really like to go to Cambodia. Yeah. Yeah. Are you familiar with Angkor Wat? No. Oh, man. So you're not into, are you into, like, an, uh, ancient architecture or anything like that? Um, not really. I don't, like, I enjoy seeing them, but I don't seek them out. So, uh, I'm absolutely enamored with ancient yeah. architecture because yeah. it's all megalithic it's all it's all using rocks that are so big yeah. that we would have extreme difficulty uh recreating it even today yeah and these people did it thousands of years ago yeah and in cambodia yeah they have the largest religious structure on the planet called uh angor wat yeah and i really really want to go check out angor wat yeah. Really bad. Yeah. It's a it's this humongous megalithic site where I mean it's the size of it's humongous. It's huge. And all the pillars have all these amazing carvings on them and all the carvings on each pillar is different. Yeah. And the story behind how it was created is incredibly interesting according to the local beliefs. Um and so there's just a lot of really neat OCs there. And I'm a big, big uh, believer in the idea that there was at least at some point some ancient civilization that was more advanced than anything that we give anybody credit for in the past. Yeah. You know, like, uh, I really, really do believe that there was some influence, right? There's a reason why there's pyramids all over the planet. There's a reason why there's obelisks all over the planet, right? Mm -hmm. There was some degree of influence. There was some central form of influence that you can see that's happened in completely unrelated and remote places on the planet. Yeah. And I don't know if that's an epigenetical thing where we're all just kind of programmed with the same dispositions where whenever we want to build something we decide to make a triangle and that's just something that's in our dna or if there was an ancient civilization that was familiar with how to build architecture that would last and they showed these people how to do it in the past you go and look at like sumeria and you go and look at um egypt yeah they both started out grandiose and then slowly devolved into you know crumble right and that's the opposite of how every other thing has happened. Every other thing in history started off as like sheep farmers. Yeah. And they worked their way up and then they fell. Yeah. Right? And just for some reason, those two ones, when we look the furthest back, there's no start point. You know? Yeah. And that's incredibly intriguing. Uh, they've seen where there's rain damage 
on the Sphinx. Yeah. Well, buddy, why is there rain damage on a thing in the desert? Yeah. Like, this clearly has been there since the last precision of the equinox, whenever the Earth wobbled, and when it was a fucking rainforest in that area. You know what I'm saying? And if that's the case, that puts that at being a 20-some-odd thousand-year-old structure, not a 6,000-year-old structure. Yeah. You know? And so, IDK, I think that there's definitely at least room for interpretation when we look that far back. It really bothers me when the academics go, no, this is what we know happened because of reasons X, Y, and Z, and... Uh, there's no room for anything else to have been the case because it creates this environment of rigidity within academia where there's no coming back on your word, right? Like, we can't admit we were wrong back then because we took such a hard stance on it instead of just going, this is what it most probably was, maybe, right? And I wish that there was more of a, this is what it most probably was, maybe, perspective on it, not something so damn definitive because they get so entrenched in defending their previously held ideas that they can't objectively look at new data, right? Like the the archaeologists who don't know dog shit about rain erosion patterns whenever they dated the fucking Sphinx were clearly wrong. They don't know about water erosion. They didn't know about the precision of the equinox. They were just fucking archaeologists who were basing the shit off their like interpretations of hieroglyphs and shit and so whenever other scientists come in and look at it through the lens of their professional perspective with a with a greater degree of ability to make certain determinations i don't think that those things should be cast aside for the sake of maintaining the status quo and that's what happens a lot in academia a lot a lot i'd say yeah History definitely doesn't, like, tell us, like, doesn't even scratch the surface of how much far we go back. Homie, the news is fake. Yeah. If the news is fake, how goddamn bad is history? Yeah. You know? Napoleon said that history is the version of events that the people who won agreed to tell everybody else. Yeah. And that's all it really is, is we're getting the version of history that's told through the... History is different in every country. Right. I mean, yeah. exactly. Everybody has yeah. their own interpretations. I mean, I, I, yeah. I've, I've heard where, uh, you know, the families in China, the, the major families in China believe they can trace their heritage back to the first dragons that landed on this planet. You know what I'm saying? Like, what? so what the fuck? You know, that's an entirely different worldview. One yeah. thing that really bothers me is whenever uh, people refer to the religions that are practiced in different regions geographically as uh like like, like trivialize it they'll uh, uh they won't refer to it as a religion they'll say that this is like some uh you know, like a native belief right this is a this is their their tall tales like they 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 don't act like it has the same reverence as the story of uh of jesus yeah. You know what I'm saying? But that's only because it's Christian people telling the story. But, like, if it was someone from within that culture telling the story, this would be, like, the really, really real truth. Yeah. You know? And I just wish that uh, whenever information was presented to us as Americans, it was presented in a more objective way. Not yeah. so crazily, like, askew. You yeah. feel me? Fair, yeah. Mm. 
How you liking that larceny? It's pretty good. Not bad, right? Yeah, larceny, y'all yeah. should fucking pay me. Damn it. I just shouted y'all out. Give me money. How about that? You could shout your beer sponsor. Yeah. Uh, yeah, give him a... K9 Nager. Texas Beer Company, no I'm talking about. Yeah, I had some. It's really, really good. Yeah, get it at the H-E-B. You know what I'm talking about? Hey, JD, send me some more beer. We need beer for these guys. See, we just talked about it. This is proof positive. This sponsorship works. I hope someone buys a six-pack. Hope it hope it translates to his bottom line. He's able yeah. to get some money. Yeah. So, uh, what's your, uh, what's your favorite, t- like, what are you watching on TV these days? What's your, what's your, like, favorite thing to, like, kill time with when you're um, trying to, like, ingest some entertaining content? I recently finished House of Dragon. I thought that was really good. Yeah? Yeah. I saw the movie Prey on Hulu. <sighs> that was really good. Bro, we did a whole, we watched, so sometimes we do, we watched. Uh-huh. Uh, where we come in and do a version of the podcast where we review something that we watched, and we did yeah. an entire, an entire podcast review on Prey. It was it's so a good movie good. to do a a review on. It's really good. Have you seen yeah. all the other Predator movies? Uh, I saw the first one and a few more, but I don't like know if I've seen all of them. I know I haven't seen all of them for sure. I mean, there has been a lot. If yeah. you've seen Predator one and two. Like the one with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, I saw the one with Arnold Schwarzenegger. And then the one with Danny Glover. I think in, so. In, it's, in, it's in like Manhattan or some shit. Really? I had to check that one out because oh. I remember in the jungle, but in Manhattan. Oh, that's bro, funny. it's so good. He'd be killing motherfuckers in the subway, bro. It's called Predator 2. Yeah, it's only Predator 2. Yeah, I had to. Watch that shit. Watch that. Oh, it's so that's good. That's how I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, it's great. But uh, how, how fucking good was Prey? It's so good. Bro, the way he just ripped through people, it's everything yeah. you want. Everything you want out of a Predator movie. Jeez. I couldn't get enough of that shit. Yeah, and I kind of not like a lot of people die in that movie. Oh, that motherfucker kills everybody. Yeah, right. Bro, whenever he runs through the Frenchmen, yeah. the trappers, the way he kills all those trappers is so vicious. It's incredible. Go, Predator. Yeah. So... Yeah, I found it. What all psychedelics have you done? What what type of psychedelics? Yeah, so, I mean, I understand you've done mushrooms and you've done LSD. That's what yeah. you have you tinkered I've with I've done anything? DMT. Oh, you did DMT? Yeah, it's very intense. Oh, tell me about that. I need to hear this story. Because I've already told my DMT story like fucking two dozen times on this podcast. So yeah. I would love to compare and contrast experiences, man. So my LSD shroom dealer, he... uh. He has his hand on some DMT, which is like, oh, shit, I had to buy it right away because it's hard to come by, so I bought it. I can't believe I had it. I always thought it's like the holy grail psychedelic like that. I might not get to experience. It's yeah. because it fucking is, buddy. Yeah. So it's, it's God like, particle in your fucking hand. And it's like a, it's like a, like a brown powder-ish. It's like, so we have to put. Was, that means it was made from root bark. We have to put like uh, like weed on top of it. Cause we'll burn it way too fast. Mm-hmm. We use like a a pipe lighter, one of those torch lighter. Oh, it was white like crystal. I don't remember. Anyway, after I hit it, inhale it, and then I would feel the high, 
Sometimes even before I exhale, and it's so intense, like it's different every time. Like one time, I was just like, uh, like the geometric shape that's like in another dimension that's made of this dimension. Like yeah. Just shapes and stuff. I was like in that shape, like I was totally like out my body. I didn't even see my body. Yeah. The second time, I was like AV fiber inside the room and everything. I could feel like everything inside the room. I forgot what happened the third time I hit it. But it's really intense. So many times do you think you've done it in total? Uh, Three hits. You've only taken three hits in total? Yeah. Damn, so and you it's were... a quick trip, so it's you, so intense. That's wild that you were getting uh, that psychedelic of an experience off of one hit. Dude, I'm so sensitive to psychedelic now that if I ever take anything like shrooms, LSD, it's next on the ground. That's amazing. Yeah. I wish I was like that. Like, yeah, bro, so look at look at me in my eyes. I, I wish I was like that, over bro. Time. I turned really sensitive to it. So like, oh, I don't need to do much to feel the experience. God, I wish I was like that. I wish. I, I wish. I would say, yeah, man, goddamn. More power to you, buddy. More power uh -huh. to you. Uh, Want to save more money. Weeks, yeah. yeah. And you can have more dope experiences. Yeah. Uh, I think that I just busted my circuit whenever I took that 10 hits of LSD. Yeah. I think I really busted my circuit. Because now, like, for me to get the full trip on DMT, mm. I have to take four hits. Wow. Yeah. And I'm talking, I take dabs. I'm, I'm an active possession of DMT. Wow. And, uh... You don't want to say that on the Yes, I do. Fuck oh, you, really? Fuck you, feds. Come get me, bitch. <laughs> They probably wouldn't listen to this fuck podcast. Fuck them. Fuck them fucking fuckboy cops. It's like super bottom of their nest of things to do. I'm out here waking motherfuckers up. But, uh... I mean, I'd be mad if <laughs> the tax paying money is going to them. Right. <laughs> and, have podcasts. Everyone would. No one wants fucking the cops fucking kick dooring people <laughs> over fucking personal drug use. This shit's stupid. Yeah, I think Saga Downing should be like... It's a personal thing, you know? <laughs> listen. Dog... I was raised to believe I'm in a free country. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you right now, if I don't have ultimate say-so over what can and cannot go into and out of my body, I am not fucking free. Yeah. But I do. I'll do whatever drug I want. They can kiss my ass, and I live free. And I understand that living that way might create some repercussions with a group of government thugs, but that's okay. I just avoid them. Yeah. You know, I just avoid the motherfuckers. <laughs> it's simple, dog. Like, I see cops, I pull off the road. <laughs> like, I'm checking my air pressure. Oh, Fuck yeah. Fuck off. <laughs> like, I thought I had a flat. Fuck you. I got out of here. Yeah. Like, pull into a stranger's driveway. I'm home now. <laughs> Get out of my face. Uh, But, so, yeah, it takes a lot compared to that for me to get high. And then, the, I don't think I can have a robust psychedelic experience on mushrooms. Yeah. I actually, like, am issuing the challenge to the universe. Please humble my ass because the last time I did mushrooms, and understand that I've done mushrooms a bunch and never really had a robust experience. Yeah. And, uh, but again, I'm, my version of robust is having your heart weighed against the feather of truth in the hall of Anubis. Mm. My version of robust is being galactus yeah. while high on dmt you yeah. know what i'm saying so like i'm burnt out i've been to thine mountaintop and you know 
two grams of mushrooms is like being in the kiddie pool with floaties on. It's like yeah, just not exhilarating. Is <laughs> <laughs> the bottom way to put that. And so, uh, the last time I did it, I took eight grams of mushrooms. Damn. I made tea with it. Really? I didn't yep. know you make tea with yeah, it. Yeah, I made tea with it. I drank the whole cup of tea. How did it better? Uh, it was okay. Um, mm-hmm. It wasn't the best, but it's not as bad as eating it. But, I mean, I wound up parachuting the mush. like Because if you brew tea with it, mm-hmm. it, it's in a little ball. It turns into, like, a ball. Like, a really tight, like, condensed ball. And it's been soaked through, so it's a lot easier to just chew down. Like, it's not crunchy and hard and terrible texture. Yeah. So, after it was mush, I ate that. And I also took it with... I, t- I took it with this motherfucker. Mikey is dying. <laughs> but I took it with grapefruit juice, a glass of grapefruit juice, and I uh-huh. squoze lemon into it because citrus helps the psilocybin. Yeah. And I also took it uh, with some black pepper extract beforehand because black pepper extract will help it as well. Yeah. And so I took eight grams and took two lubricants to help the psychedelic along, and it did nothing for me. I'm talking, I say nothing, it was like a one and a half out of ten. It was there. Like, there's no denying that something was happening. Yeah. But, like, buddy. It didn't, it didn't jerk me around at all. Like, it, like if I wanted there to be something, I had to, like, close my eyes and meditate and try. And, bro... I can do that without mushrooms. Yeah. I can sit here and have a wild psychedelic experience meditating. Yeah. So I don't, I don't need to fucking go spend money and risk felonies and do all that for mushrooms. But I am very hopeful that yeah. one day someone will get me mushrooms that do the trick. Yeah. Because I'm yet to have it. And when I did that, I took them with friends of mine. We bought a half ounce. And they split the remaining six grams. So they took three grams each. Yeah. And they were both like, wow, these are pretty good fucking mushrooms. Yeah. So they took three. I took more than both of them combined. Wow. And was pretty meh with it. Yeah. And so, I don't know. I don't know. I wish I was like you. Yeah. Did you went somewhere after you took that big hit? Did I go somewhere after I took that big hit? What were you, what were you referring that to? That big hit of... The LSD hit? Yeah. Oh, no. I was at home. I was yeah. at home in silent darkness. I didn't go anywhere. Uh, after the trip, after the trip kind of really started to wear off, um, the next morning we went uh, because uh, Clifton actually wanted a breakfast burrito. So we went. We were still awake. And... Uh, got orange juice yeah and yeah drank orange juice and looked at the dew on the grass outside mm. it was amazing it was a really good time yeah like the way the way dew settles on the grass is incredibly psychedelic i also saw the face of god in the lead of a pencil though so wow yeah bro the face of god's on everything it's everywhere if you're here now if you're truly here now, mm-hmm. not yesterday thinking about what happened yesterday, not tomorrow thinking about what's going to happen tomorrow, not six years ago during some embarrassing experience, not six years from now during some potential future you want or don't want, right? If you're here 
now, emphatically here now, and just existing, not processing what's happening through the filter of capital gain and survivability, mm. bro, this motherfucker is magic yeah. everywhere, bro. It just erupts off the table um, how magical all this shit is, bro. Um, seriously, everything is all one big thing. Yeah. And okay. To me, everything is one big thing, not in from itself. It's always taking information. Yeah. yeah. Nailing it, bro. Nailing yeah. it. Right now, we're learning, dog. Like right now, me and you, we're giving that good, good info to yeah. the to the solid state drive on the back end, right? That self awareness shit is real, real important at this point. Because yeah. you know, I think that anybody who's being objective about it can recognize that there's some funky stuff happening on the planet that isn't necessarily in our or the planet's benefit. Yeah. And, you know, I think just generally making everybody more aware of their own divinity and their own interconnectivity to everything else can create an environment of uh, empathy. Yeah. Right? You can be empathetic with the planet. You can be empathetic with the birds. You can be empathetic with the trash. You can be empathetic with the politicians you can be empathetic with those who you identify with and those who you don't identify with right because at the end of the day we're all backs and fronts of the same coin yeah. and your suffering is my suffering and the only way for us to get where we're going is for us to take that really fucking serious yeah but then we knew on that we won't be suffering as much could one take some stuff that seriously yeah we more chill out well here's the thing Everybody likes a good drama. Yeah. Every here and there. Yeah. You know? No one goes to the movies yeah. to watch a boring flick. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Live a little. Make some enemies. Fucking get... You know what, man? Here's here's the real deal. If you want to lead an interesting life, that's a, a worthwhile movie to go watch. Right? Yeah. One of the things that it showed me during my psychedelic experience with the Tenets of LSD and Silent Darkness is that... Uh, all things are literally connected, man. And the universe is infinite. And every time that the universe splits, do you know what the primary impetus for that split is? No. Any time that any sentient being anywhere within the universe makes a decision... Uh-huh. Anytime that one of us yeah. chooses one way or another to impress or not to impress upon the universe, that moment yeah. is when it splits, yeah. right? And so, in that moment, bro, yeah. there is one primary crux that you are being confronted with. Yeah. And it's whether you're going to act out of the principle of love or whether you're going to act out of the principle of fear. Yeah. Right? You're either going to love yourself and love that girl and go take that shot or you're going to be fearful of getting hurt and you're going to fucking recede back into safety. Yeah. Right? And I'm telling you right now, buddy, yeah. that if you act out of love yeah. at every moment, yeah. at every single time you go to make a decision, if you go, how is this the loving way to act? Yeah. And if you, the, you know, tr- they said in the Lorax, 
a tree falls the way it leans, mm-hmm. right? So if you lean in the direction of love and being loving and let that be your guiding principle during yeah. your decision-making processes every day, nice, buddy, you're going to get hurt. Yeah. Things aren't going to go perfect. Yeah. But I promise at the end of this playthrough, uh-huh. when your heart is on the scale and all the gods are looking at you through their microscope and they're weighing your heart against the feather of truth in the hall of Anubis, yeah. you're going to have lived a satisfactory life. You're going to be able to look back at it and go, that was cool. Oh. I tried. I, yeah. I put myself out there. I did everything that I could. Things didn't work out perfect here and there. But hey, we're here now and everything's just fine. Yeah. And everybody's going to give you a standing fucking ovation, bro. Nice. Every god that's ever existed is going to be there. And they're going to go, bra fucking vote. You know? Yeah. And so be brave enough to live in your own light. Yeah. And lead a loving life. And brave the pain that you know you're going to have to endure by doing that. Yeah. And I promise that at the end of the playthrough, it's going to be fun. And here's the deal is the more you do it, the easier it gets. Yeah. Like, buddy, you can love yourself. That's perfectly valid. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Take the time to love yourself. You know, do it every day. Yeah. And so let love be the guiding principle. If there's any one thing that I really want anybody who comes into the studio and talks with me or anybody who comes to this podcast and listens to me speak, I want them to know that love is the answer. Seriously. In every circumstance. And there are some situations that you can come up with where it might be kind of difficult to articulate, right? Like, oh, I'm getting mugged, right? How am yeah. I supposed to love my way out of getting mugged? Yeah. Here's the thing, my dude. You, in that moment, as mm. the person playing you, probably yeah. can't love your way out of it. But yeah. if he had gotten the love he needed from his parents and yeah. his uncles and the community abroad that he needed on the come up, yeah. he wouldn't be out robbing and stealing right now. Yeah. So you see how love would have been the proper answer? Yeah. Right? And so if we can just start that now, bro, yeah. next generation won't have these problems. Yeah. So, you know, live it. Live that shit. Yeah. You think I'm crazy? No. It made perfect sense. I'm on to something, right? Yeah. That's the thing about truth is that it... it yeah, like, it resonates. Yeah, it yeah. feels. It, you can feel it. Yeah. And that's another thing. I want people to trust their feelings, my dude. Yeah. Like, for real, your thoughts, mm. your your train of images and your train of words in your brain are just your ego's attempt at justifying the feeling that you have. Yeah, translate that into something that they can understand. Exactly, and so yeah. that you can, and really the biggest thing. Some I think, art would translate a feeling into something. Bro, and yeah. the way we communicate is literally art. Yeah, Everything is fucking art. So whether yeah. you're expressing it through music or expressing it through communication like this, this is all art, bro. We're all just trying to get the truth in our hearts out. Yeah. And that's what it's all about. And I'm hoping that I've been able to. I think it's happening. Like more people. Right. Well, and yeah. the thing is, is that we're doing these podcasts. Definitely more At this point, than any time before in history. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Because the amount of stuff you can find now on the topic on YouTube is like astronomical compared to stuff they had back then. Yeah. yeah. And that's, again, because we're working our way up that hierarchy of human actualization. People are trying to express themselves. People are seeking connectivity. Yeah. People are seeking the ability to, like be honest, human, authentic people. And I think that the types of conversations that we're having right now, if yeah. other people can hear it, yeah. can help lubricate the path between where people are and where we're all trying to get. Yeah. Well, great thing. It's on a podcast. 
And you got a recording, so. Yeah, that's the idea. Yeah. And, and I really appreciate you coming you through. You can even add some ominous music in the background. What is that? Nah, I'm saying just one note. Like uh, kind of oh, like meditation like music. Like by now, Something ominous and yeah. bassy in the background. Yeah. Like you're watching a fucking UFO video. That'd be cool. Have you ever seen a UFO in real life? I've never. Really? It's a shooting star. Every time I start seeing UFO, oh, it's just shooting star. Mikey, how long have we been recording? Uh, we're right at 51. I have time for one story. Okay. So, and I'm sorry, I feel like I talked way too much in this podcast. You're, okay. su- you're supposed to be able to talk. I'm so sorry. I was an idiot. I get to talking, and it's like... <laughs> but, <laughs> we, uh... My brother and I were heading back to my... to somewhere heading out of georgetown and bro in the sky was a ball of chrome chrome yeah yeah and like i say chrome because that's like the closest thing that i can get for your brain to recognize it yeah but this shit was shinier than chrome huh it was the most magnificent reflective sphere i've ever seen how near were you to it well, it's hard to well. tell because it was in the sky you know what yeah. i'm saying and so it's it's like between there and infinity but uh it definitely seemed like i was a pretty fair distance away i was at least several football fields away i'd say i was probably at probably and you at can le- see the chrome from that afar. oh yeah i was at, i was probably uh a, at least a at least a quarter to a half mile away from it like in the sky yeah and it was big yeah it was big homie like it was it was unmistakable in the sky. Yeah. And I remember being so shocked by it that I couldn't believe my eyes and I kept thinking you can't blink. Yeah. Because if you blink and this thing that shouldn't be existing per your understanding of physics currently uh-huh. stops existing in that moment when you blink, you'll have to second guess what you saw for the rest of your life. Like you, yeah. have, you have to keep your eyes open and watch this experience until it ends and see what really happens. Yeah. And bro, you know, Pac-Man, right? Wah, 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 wah. Yeah. Imagine this silver ball of Chrome opened up like it was about to Pac-Man something. Yeah. And it just kept opening until it was gone. Wow. Right? It opened and it disappeared. Right? It just like opened up and just kept opening and just was gone. Huh. Yeah. I went to another dimension. Something happened. Yeah. I really did. I became invisible. Something happened. You know, so you know what I, after having thought about it a whole, whole lot, what I thought was the most likely? Yeah. Was that it just took off away from me in the Z so fast that I my brain couldn't keep up with it. It just went straight away from me. Yeah. And it just went boop so fast that my brain couldn't take enough snapshots per second. I don't have a high enough frame rate in this vessel yeah. to have kept up with what actually went down in front of me. And so I was only able to piece together a limited version of what happened in that instant. And it just took off that way. Um, and that was actually the moment whenever I told myself I was going to go become a physics major. Nice. Because I knew for a fact uh-huh. that I, that you can, that a fucking silver sphere can suspend itself indefinitely in the sky and yeah. can vanish. And those are both things that physics don't allow for currently. And I know it's real because I saw it. 
You can't tell me it can't happen. I saw it happen. And so at this point, I have the cheat codes. I can work backwards. In quite the same way, what I've done with this psychedelic shit, where I've worked from these big conclusions that I've gotten in the psychedelic state and worked backwards, because if it's true, it'll stand up to academic rigor. Uh That was the same thing I was trying to do with that experience. I was trying to reverse engineer it. It's like, I know it can happen. I saw shit. Yeah. And, you know, businesses and life take you away from academia, and here we are. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, bro. It was a nice changing for sure. It literally changed the direction of my life in the most sincere way imaginable. It dictated, it had a a significant influence over what I was going to go and study in, in college. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just the government come out saying Aiden is real is going to be weird to people in life. It'll probably change them. Yeah. Uh, so many stuff is going on anyway, they don't even care. Here's, <laughs> here's what I can leave us on. I can, I can leave us on this note. The truth uh-huh. will most certainly be weirder than anything we've dreamt up yet. Oh, yeah. I agree. I agree on that. And with that, I think that uh, it would be dope if you could give everybody who's listening one last shout out who you are, what you have going on out there in the world, where they can find you online, how they can support you, etc. Uh, my name is Ty Nguyen. I'm a stand-up comedian, and you can find me on Instagram at Ty Nguyen, but with Z at the end. And I'm recording my comedy album at my house on December 9th and 10th, Friday and Saturday. So come through, and yeah, appreciate it. Word. Well, everybody, again, this is Joshua. It's the Ones Who Woke Up podcast. I appreciate y'all for stopping by and listening. We'll catch you guys on the next one. Peace. Peace.